Good morning. So excited to be here with you guys. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Anybody? Man, it's awesome. Um, this is an amazing day. I know that Jesus was not literally raised like this morning, um, but man, he is alive. And he was literally raised out of a grave for us. And, and I love that. And I'm so excited to get to come around and celebrate that with you guys this morning. If you have your word, we're going to be in Mark 16. Just to catch you up a little bit, because it's been a few days, right? On Friday, uh, we celebrated the cross, this fact that Jesus, the star breather, became the sin bearer, that, that God in flesh died for us. Man, that is an amazing truth. It's still amazing on Resurrection Day, right, that, that God died. Actually, I'll just be honest with you. If, if he didn't, then there's nothing to talk about today. And the same thing happens for the resurrection, right? Like if it didn't, there was nothing to talk about on Friday. Hundreds of thousands of people died on crosses, but only one man ever came back out of that, and that was Jesus. So as we left on Friday, we saw that Jesus died. He stopped breathing, and a little bit has happened since then. I'll just maybe catch you up quickly. Um, since Jesus died about 3 o'clock on um, Friday, kind of in the Bible story, not actually Friday, if you're new to the thing. Um, Jesus died on a Friday, right? About 3 o'clock in the afternoon, actually, the Son of God, the one who breathed out the stars, stopped breathing. That is amazing to me. After Jesus died, a man named Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man who was a Pharisee, came and he had the body of Jesus taken down and had the body of Jesus laid in his tomb and a stone was rolled in front of the door. I just want you to know really quick, the stone was not rolled in front of the door to keep Jesus there, but to keep animals out. That's why they did that. They buried people a little differently then than we do now. Now we kind of dig a hole and put you in a box and put you in the hole. And it was different then. There were these tombs, these kind of maybe hollowed out portions in, in the side of some rock, these above ground um, tombs. And they would take a body and they would lay them on this kind of table looking thing carved out of the stone. And they would um, rub it with spices and they would allow the body to decay just kind of out in the tomb, Right. But if you have a body that's above ground and it's decaying, you got a problem because animals, just let's not get into that. But you can kind of get what I'm saying here. Um, so they rolled a, a stone in front of the tomb to keep animals out, to keep trespassers out. And that's what happened, just like with everyone else. After that, the unknown to the disciples, they were celebrating the Sabbath, the Pharisees, Sadducees went to Pilate and had guards sent to guard the tomb and the tomb sealed um, because they were aware, even though maybe nobody else was aware, Jesus had been preaching this message of I'm going to die and then I'm going to be raised. They didn't want the disciples to come in and to take the body and to start spinning this fairy tale that Jesus had raised from the dead. So they sent guards, these soldiers, these killing machines, right, that crucified people, these weapons of war, and they put them in front of um, this tomb. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm a fisherman and there's a weapon of war in front of the tomb, I'm probably not going to go mess with that. I'm just going to leave that. Oh, it's a good deterrent. And that was pretty much all that happens in the story up until um, Sunday morning. 
Now, if you're good at math, you've probably already said, well, that's not three days, right? Like Friday, he was buried, late, and then Saturday's a full day, so there's one, and then Sunday, he, he rose. So how's that happen? And I just want to clear this up for you for all the skeptics this morning. Um, in Jewish culture, any part of a day is a day. If it's one minute of a day or 24 hours of a day, any part of a day is a day, and it counts as a day. So if he went in the tomb one minute before the time change, right, on Friday, that counts as a day. And then Saturday was in there the whole day. And if he stayed in the tomb one minute into Sunday, that was a day. doesn't really matter if it works in your time frame or not. That's how the Jewish people understood it, and that's who Jesus was talking to. So three days to them, yes, check, awesome, thank you. And we just got to agree with it here with our messed up calendar. So we enter the story this morning in Mark 16, just at the top right there. And it says, when the Sabbath was over. Now, the Sabbath was this day of rest, kind of dedicated, started by the Lord. He said, you're not going to do any work on Saturday. And they took and they put a bunch of constraints on it. You weren't even really allowed to go very far out of your house on Saturday. It was a day of rest. Jesus was killed late on Friday, 3 o'clock is actually when he quit breathing. Joseph had to go ask Pilate for the body. The body had to be taken down, and then the body had to be placed in a tomb. And the Sabbath starts about 6 o'clock each day. It starts when night starts to happen. See, when you go back to Genesis, it talks about in the beginning, God created, right? And the first thing kind of in the time scale God created was night. So to a Jewish person, their calendar didn't start at midnight, right? It wasn't like, this is the next day, this is the next day, this is the next day. It's whenever it started to get dark, that was the next day. So at about six o'clock on Saturday, the Sabbath was over. So when it says when the Sabbath was over, that's what it's talking about. About six o'clock at night on Saturday, Mary Magdalene, that's a Mary, right? And then Mary, the mother of James. Hey, look, another Mary. And some lady with the weird name Salome or something like that. They went to buy spices so they could go and anoint Jesus. About six o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, they went to buy spices so they could go prepare the spices so then they could go anoint the body of Jesus. Like we said a minute ago, when you were buried in this culture, you were buried above ground. Can you imagine just walking down the road and people are buried above ground, what that's going to kind of do, right? Like decay is not a pretty thing. It smells. So they would take bodies and they would wrap them and they would anoint them in all these spices to try to keep the odor down. It was part of the burial procedure in this culture. It was, it was a proper burial Jesus at this point in time had not had a proper burial because Jesus was executed, murdered about three o'clock. And by the time everything got done, there just wasn't time to do all this. There wasn't time to prepare all this. They didn't know Jesus was going to die on the cross until early Friday morning. So they went Saturday night to buy all these things. They took them back and they prepared everything as quickly as they could. And then, next little segment of the story, two, very early in the morning. Now we've passed midnight and we're on the next part of the day, right? On the first day of the week, which is Sunday, they went to the tomb at sunrise. Can I just say, as they were going to the tomb, they were not going to a resurrection party. These women were not looking for the resurrected Jesus. 
They were not looking to stroll up to the tomb and just kind of hang out with Jesus for a little while. They were going to properly bury their friend. Jesus, a man who they loved, who they'd spent time with, who had done amazing things, and they'd been part of those amazing things. They had just watched him die on Friday, the most brutal death probably imaginable to them. He was beaten, this is beyond the point of recognition, and then he was taken, and he was actually physically nailed to a piece of wood, and he was hung up in front of the world, and, and as he sat there, bleeding and, and struggling to breathe, they watched this man die. If you watched anybody die in that manner, it doesn't really matter what they've said before, right? There is a little bit of you that's like, there is no way they're coming back from that. The, the, the fact that these women went to buy spices is evidence. They weren't there to, to hang out with Jesus. They were there to bury their friend. And this was the earliest possible opportunity that that could happen. Can you imagine one of your loved ones dying and not being able to do anything about it for three days? not being able to properly bury this person for three days to give them the respect that really is due them in that moment. This is the feelings and emotions that would have been going on in these ladies. Saturday, they can't do anything until six o'clock. And the earliest they can move to do anything is six o'clock. It's about dark. They have to go get spices. They're they're women. They're not going to go to this tomb in the middle of the night. So they go and they prepare spices and they get everything ready. And as early as possible on Sunday morning, not sleeping in, not waiting until noon, not waiting until we feel like it, we're going to bury our friend Jesus. And they went at sunrise. In three, it says, they were saying to one another who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb for us. The last thing they have seen in the whole story, if you just back up to the end of one chapter, is they walk to the tomb behind the body of Jesus to see where he's buried because they know they're coming back when they get a chance to. And here are these guys rolling a stone in front of the tomb, keeping everything out. And as they're going to the tomb, they don't even have a plan. Like, they're just emotionally, like, kind of done. And they're trying to get there and to do what they know they need to do for their friend Jesus. And they're thinking to themselves, how are we going to get into the tomb? We can't move the stone. It wasn't like some little pebble. It wasn't some kind of medium-sized rock. This was a boulder. This was a massive stone. They had no idea that guards had been placed in front of the tomb. They were in the house all day Saturday. They had no idea that that there was a seal placed on the tomb as to say, you ain't coming in here. They had no idea. So they're going, and with all the weight of we got to bury our friend is also this thought, how are we going to get in to do it? But it didn't matter. They just knew they needed to do it. And it says in four, looking up, they observed that the stone, and then thank you, Mark, for some little editorial notes here, which was very large had been rolled away. The stone had been moved. Now for us, because we know the story, if we've been around very long, we're like, hallelujah, that's awesome, that's amazing. But they're going to bury their friend Jesus, who has been in a tomb now for like our calendar, a day and a bunch of hours, their calendar, three whole days, and now the stone's out of the way, and they're thinking, oh man, what has happened? Not, oh, you remember when he said he was coming up out of the grave? They had just watched everything possible say, there is no way he's coming back from this. 
And then we have this moment where they come to the tomb, the stone's rolled away, and their thought process is not, man, this is going to be awesome. It's what has happened to Jesus. What's happened to Jesus? See, the stone was placed there to keep what? Animals and other things out. So maybe the thought process is, oh man, this is going to be rough. Or the stone was placed there so maybe like people wouldn't come and tamper or mess with the body. Oh man, this is going to be rough. Maybe even somebody has stolen the body of Jesus. It would make a lot of sense, right, for the Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes to come and take the body and to put it somewhere. They didn't do that because they had a fit when the body was gone. But it makes some sense. So they're going through all these things. What's happened? What's happened? What's happened? And they go in the tomb, not knowing what they're going to find. And it says in 5, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man. That's weird. Hanging out in the tomb. Dressed in a long white robe. Also a little weird. And sitting on the right side. Uh, pretty sure that doesn't mean the correct side, but the right side of where Jesus would have been. And it says, when they saw this, they were amazed and alarmed. They were amazed and alarmed. I think I have the definition for amazed up here somewhere. There we go. Amazed, to amaze is to surprise someone, right, greatly, or to fill with astonishment. So just so we have a working word here today, is to stun or to shock someone. They were shocked. They were amazed. They were stunned at what they'd seen. But they were also alarmed, and the definition for alarm is an anxious awareness of danger. Now, this is an angel in the tomb, so I'll just go ahead and just put that out there. This is a young man who happens to be an angel in a long white robe in the tomb. If you read any of the other Gospels, I'll clear that up for you. Um, but when they saw him, they were filled with fear and panic. They were filled with fear, one, because here's this guy that we did not expect to be in the tomb. They were filled with fear because the stone has been rolled away and we don't see the body of our friend Jesus. They were filled with fear because something may have happened to him or something, someone may have took him. And they were filled with fear because, just to be honest, they were standing in a grave. They were filled with fear for a lot of reasons. And they were amazed at what they were seeing. So the angel says to them, don't be alarmed i love that he didn't say don't be amazed right that was not part of the thing so to the church that's not amazed this morning the angel never said that he just said don't be afraid right like god's command was not let's come into church and not be amazed or let's enter into the empty tomb and not be amazed the god never said that that's somebody else that's something else that's a different voice all he said was you don't have to be afraid in the empty tomb right when you come down into this place, you don't have to be afraid. When you stand in this room, you don't have to be afraid. When you come into the place where the body of Jesus is not, you have nothing to fear, is what he's saying. Oh, you can be amazed. It's an amazing moment to walk into the place where Jesus should be, or he could be, or he ought to be. That's an amazing thing because he's not there, but you don't have to be afraid. In other words, there ain't nothing bad that's happened to the body of Jesus. You can come down into the grave now without fear because nothing bad has happened to the body of Jesus. You can enter into, you get this, you can enter into the grave without fear. 
And you can enter into the grave in amazement because of what happened to the body of Jesus. The angel says, don't be alarmed. You can be amazed, but don't be alarmed. He told them, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene. He knows why they're there. And he just wants to clear up. You've not wandered into the wrong gravesite today. You've not just wandered into the wrong tomb today. You've not stumbled into the wrong hole in the ground today. You're looking for Jesus, right? Not Jesus from wherever, right? Not Jesus down the road or Jesus, that guy we met last week, but Jesus of Nazareth, just so we're clear. It's this guy you're looking for. The one, you know, the one who's been crucified, the one who they took and they nailed to the, the cross, that guy. The one who we, you watched die just a few days ago. That's the Jesus you're looking for, right? Just before we go any farther, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, the one who's been crucified, right? I just want you to know you're in the right spot. I just, before we get there, that's the one. Well, fortunately for you today, the angel says, he has been resurrected. Okay, you don't, have, don't be amazed. He didn't say that. He said you don't have to be afraid because you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, right? You're looking for him in this tomb, in this place where he used to be at. That's, where, that's who you're looking for, the one who's been crucified. Well, don't be alarmed because he has been resurrected today. Now, see... We, we don't even get the full kind of thing of this. I would have had to ask the angel, hey, can you give me the dictionary word for that? Because I've never heard of a resurrection before. That's a new thing, actually. It's a new concept. So I think, I, did I send you resurrection? Did I send you that one? Is it up there? Is there a resurrection? There it is. Okay, cool. So to resurrect is to restore a dead person to life. To restore a dead person, not a sleeping person, right? Not a I'm taking a nap person, not a I fainted person, but a dead person to life. Well, here's what he's saying. Oh, yeah, you're looking for Jesus that died. It makes sense. That's why you'd be in the graveyard today, right? That's why you would have come to the tomb today. You're looking for Jesus that died. I have good news for you. Um, He's not here. Actually, he has been restored to life. Let's make up a word today in the tomb. He's been resurrected. He is alive. He is not here. Message to the church today. He's not here. He's not in the tomb. He's not in the tomb. Yeah, I think there's a lot of us still coming in the tomb, and we're looking for Jesus, right? We're coming in, we're looking for dead Jesus, powerless Jesus, Jesus who's laying on the slab decaying today. He's not any of those things. He's not here. He's been resurrected is what the angel says. You don't need to look for Jesus in the graveyard. He doesn't visit those anymore. There can't even be a graveyard around Jesus. He's a walking resurrection, amen? So the angel looks at him and he's like, I just want you to know we're talking about the same guy here. You watched him die and I know everything says he should be here, but he's not here. He's been resurrected. He was dead, but now he's very much alive. And then he says this, and I love this. He says, 
see the place where they put him. Don't you love this? I love this invitation. It's an invitation still going today, actually. He says, come and see the place where they put him. I love the fact that the angel didn't stand at the door and be like, he's not in there. Just take my word for it. He's not, he's not down there. Just, you know, I'm going to be in the way. I'm going to stand in front of the stone and let you know he's not in there. So you can take my word for it. I'm an angel, by the way. I got a white robe on. So, I mean, trust me. He didn't say any of that. But he gives this invitation to these ladies, and he's like, why don't you just come over here and look? Come get close to the resurrection place. Come get intimate with the empty tomb. I'm not just trying to tell you a story that you could take my opinion for. I'm not just trying to tell you some thing. Come on over to the table. Mary, why don't you put your hand right there? Just feel that. Make sure it doesn't lift up. Make sure he's not in there. Martha, you want to lay down? Just get on there. That's a real tomb slab. That's a real deal. You get on there. That's where they put dead people. He's not there because he's not a dead people. There's not smoke and mirrors in the empty tomb. There's not some blind spot in the empty tomb. They didn't walk into the wrong room. They didn't look at the wrong bed. And the angel's standing there, and he's saying, you come here. And you check it out. You take your time. You spend as much time as you want to. You stay right here at the empty tomb. And if you leave and you get confused, you come right on back. Come and see where they put him. Not come and see where he is. Not come and see where he is going to continue to be. Come see where he's been. See, the reality today is to, to, to become intimate with the resurrection, we have to become intimate with the truth that Jesus did die. Amen. Why do you think they went to the grave in the first place? They went to the grave because they expected Jesus to be there. All the circumstances and the situation said Jesus should be on the table. Everything they could see with their eyes said Jesus should be dead. They were coming with spices in hand. They were ready to anoint the body of Jesus. They didn't even know how they were going to get in the tomb because Jesus, to their brains, was in the hole, dead, there. We can't come to the resurrection place until we come into the, into the, the thought, the fact that, that Jesus, the Son of God, the sin bearer, he actually did quit breathing. He stopped breathing. He didn't just go in a hole and rest on the Sabbath. He was dead. No heartbeat, no breath in his lungs. And the rest of the day Friday and all the day Saturday and a little bitty piece sliver of the day on Sunday, he was in that place. So the angel comes over and he says, I know what it looks like should be happening here. I'm aware of the fact that it looks like he should be dead. Everything around you, all the circumstances say he should be dead, but come and take a look. Come and get in close. I'm not worried you're going to figure out some secret or something. I'm not worried you're going to find me out. There is no scheme. There are no mirrors. Come get close to the resurrection place. Come on in. And in the moment that we come on in, we have to ask ourselves, well, if everything says that he should be dead, if everything says, if all the circumstances say he should be on this table and he's not, why is he not? 
Why is he not? And the only answer, you, you can go search this out later if you want to, because there's been people that have done it, and what they did in the process was come to faith in Jesus. Right. Trying to disprove the resurrection and prove myself into a relationship with God. God's not afraid of you to examine the resurrection spot. He calls people, come on, skeptic, to the resurrection place. Come on, I don't believe that to the resurrection place. Come on, the I don't know about that to the resurrection place. Come on, Christian that's just been sitting in a chair for too long to the resurrection place. Come on down into the place that should be filled with fear and death and decay. And you look at what God will do in fear and death and decay. What's different about Jesus? Well, he is who he says he is. And in the moment we come in and we get intimate with the resurrection place and we realize, man, you are everything you said you are. You should be on this table, but you're not on this table. We can come into this idea that no matter what our circumstances say, we don't have to have a table. See, in reality today, Everything in me, everything in my heart, everything that I am says I should be headed towards the grave and I should stay there. Everything in me says I should be headed towards the wrath of God and I should have to stay there. You're like, oh, I think you're a pretty good person. Well, I appreciate that, brother, but come into my heart. Just because, I thought about this the other day, just because I can control my actions and my behaviors, just because I can tell myself no does not make me a righteous and good person. I'm still asking myself the question, right? Some of us are like moral, moral righteousness, that's the way to go. Moral righteousness is a sham. None of us have it. You might not cuss, but did you think it? Because if you think it, just because you told yourself no doesn't mean your heart's not wicked. Everything in me says, I should have a tomb. I should have a table. I should have a spot. And and that spot should look like beyond that table, hell and death and the grave and punishment forever. That's what it looks like. That's what all my circumstances say. All my circumstances say, I shouldn't be in this place this morning. I shouldn't be in here celebrating the resurrection. I should be out there doing my thing. How many people my age are in church this morning? How many people my age are trying to follow God? How many people? And it's not because of me. It's because one day I heard somebody invite me into the resurrection place. And he said, come here and look at this. You see this table? Jesus used to be there. Yeah, the son of God, he died on a cross and they placed him on that table, but he's not there anymore. Oh, if you look close enough, you're going to find the shattered remains of death right there on that table. That's death. If you look close enough, you're going to find bashed up and beaten sin and guilt and shame. You're going to find them on the table. You're going to find defeat on the table. You're going to find fear on the table. But you know what? You will never, ever, ever find on that table is Jesus. Because he's not here. He's been resurrected 
Oh, he left up out of this place. He, he's gone from this place, but behind you can see what he's defeated laying right there in that grave spot. So the angel looks at us and he says, oh, you don't have to be afraid in the grave. When you're headed down into this tomb spot, you don't have to be afraid. But the reason you don't have to be afraid is not because you're a good person. And the reason you don't have to be afraid is not because you're religious and you know the songs. The reason you don't have to be afraid is not because you're moral or because you know the festivals. The reason you don't have to be afraid is not because you, you, you've been introduced to Jesus. The reason you don't have to be afraid is because you can come right here and you can examine this resurrection spot. Oh, you need to be amazed when you examine the resurrection spot. When you come around that table, man, you need to be amazed. And if you're not amazed, you're in the wrong tomb today. He says, you can come. And see, there's something amazing that happens in that resurrection spot. When Jesus begins to speak to us about how he used to be dead and now he's not, how he died the most brutal death, but now he's lifted up out of that, he says, the same power that raised me up can raise you up. Can I just say to you this morning, I don't know what your situation and your circumstances look like. I have no idea what your life looks like. Maybe it is falling apart or maybe it's the best thing ever. But can I just say, it's headed for an end. We are all headed into a grave today. But the amazing thing is, God lets us choose which grave we're going to go in. He says, oh, you can come and look at the place where you're going to lay. Or you can come and look at the place where he used to lay. But when you get a good look at the place where he used to lay, and you realize that there were no situations and circumstances that could keep him down because the power of God has the ability to lift people up out of death, you're going to start to see that you don't have to live in death. When you look at the resurrection spot and you see the power of God has the ability to lift people up out of defeat, you're going to realize you don't have to live in defeat anymore. When you see the power of God has the ability to lift people up out of sin and shame and guilt and death and hell and the grave, you're going to realize you don't have to live under the power of any of those things anymore. See, the reality of it is we all have the ability to have empty tombs because we can be tied to the empty tomb, to the resurrection spot because of his resurrection spot I can have a resurrection spot because he is alive I can live because he is alive I can have hope and I can have future and I can have something that gets me beyond the grave I don't have to fear when I come down into my tomb because I don't have to fear when I'm standing in his Oh, I need to be amazed at what's happened here. And being amazed at what's happened here will lead me to be amazed at what's happened in here. It's resurrection this morning. We're celebrating. And it originated with Him, but it continues in me. I am alive because He is alive. I have life and hope and future today in that resurrection spot. And God's saying, come on in. Come on in. 
I didn't roll the stone away so Jesus could get out. Jesus walked through walls. I rolled the stone away so you could come all the way down in. You could come down the steps and you could lay down on the table if you wanted to. So come and get intimate with the resurrection spot. Come and know the empty tomb. That's the invitation today. And for those of us that don't know it, God's saying today, you come in. Yo, you're a skeptic. That's cute. You come on in. Oh, you don't believe. That's great. Well, you're just afraid to examine is what it is. You're afraid there might be something to it. And today I'm saying, you can come. Come and check me out. I am the truth. And this is the truth. And for those of us that know him today and we're living in defeat, we're living in unloved and unwanted. We're living in the ruins of a ruined life. God's saying, I can still resurrect you out of that. I am the resurrector. I created the word. And today it's available for you.